What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast slash stream. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And joining me, as always, is my lovely, handsome, uh, trying to butter him up a little bit here, <laughs> my partner in crime, Hani Amadi. And Hani, how you been, man? Uh, I'm doing great, doing a lot better after that. But I will say that uh, all your kissing up to me will not stop me from opening this podcast by informing everybody that the Nevada Wolfpack just swept the Boise State Broncos in basketball last week. That's what I was hoping uh, I could avoid by buttering <laughs> it up a little bit. But, hey, I'm just saying, you guys all you guys all saw it. Boise State playing UNLV right now and Hani slandering Boise State. That basically makes him a UNLV fan at this point. It, it doesn't matter. We swept UNLV too. I'm just saying <laughs> – you can't say we swept UNLV when you're yourself a UNLV fan. Uh, this isn't going to work. This is you you <laughs> trying to deflect from your team losing twice to Nevada. It's not going to work. All right. Noted UNLV fan, Hani Amadi. And just like Jacob <laughs> Root is a noted North Carolina Tar Heel fan after he said that North Carolina had better colors than Duke, um, which means that they're better than wow. Duke. And North Carolina also beat Duke on their own floor. So. I mean, those are just – I'm just bringing facts to this this stream. That's that's all I'm here for. So um, that's it. So speaking of facts, the Los Angeles Lakers, what we do this podcast for, not college basketball, but uh, you can catch us on College Basketball Outsiders <laughs> after the show. Mountain West Outsiders. <laughs> uh, the Los Angeles Lakers are currently on a seven-game win streak. Is it the ugliest seven-game win streak in the history of basketball? Maybe. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but hey, the Lakers are 21-6. and six. They've won their last seven games, um, and things are good, man. Things are good. They're not perfect, but they're good, so um, can't complain about seven straight wins and 21-6, and six, uh, second in the West right now uh, behind the Utah Jazz, who nobody is afraid of at this point and probably won't be afraid of uh, until they, they prove it in the postseason, but hey, shout out to Jordan Clarkson. So um, before we jump in, guys, we're going to talk about the the win streak um just kind of some stuff that we've seen obviously the lakers have played a lot of overtime games um sources confirm that they do not get time and a half pay for all those overtime games um neither do importantly do we I was like, neither do uh, any members of Lakers Outsiders or probably any uh, members of La any Lakers blogs. So, uh, Lakers, if you could just continue to win games in uh, regulation, that would be fantastic. But um, as always, guys, um, you can follow or subscribe to us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on facebook.com slash Lakers Outsiders. And you can also subscribe to us on YouTube. Those are the three platforms we do these live on um, all the time. And of course, these will get put up on those podcast platforms, uh, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. Uh, those will be up after a um, few hours, probably after the fact, after we do these live streams. So uh, you can get all the... Uh, all the uh, the commentary that you want from Hani and myself uh, about the Lakers, if that's your thing. So uh, be sure to uh, follow, like, subscribe, all that stuff uh, on all those platforms. So, all right, with that out of the way, Hani, uh, you've been doing a lot of tweeting lately. I know uh, we've had a couple other people doing some tweeting, so you guys have been tweeting some overtime games. But at the end of the day, the Lakers have won seven games in a row. What are some some things that are jumping out? Because like the Lakers are doing this thing where they start off really slow, and we saw this with the the Memphis game uh, just 24 hours ago, and we'll talk about that game specifically in a little bit. But the Lakers, it's it's ugly, but they're still winning games at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I I think we're probably spoiled to to an extent of just expecting this team to be incredible at all moments for 48 minutes of a game which isn't really realistic that said man these four first quarters have been brutal and the games in general other than i think this memphis game was pretty fun uh despite them being down literally 20 points early um but some of these games have just been a chore to get through right now and i think uh what we feel as fans is probably felt by the team as well. I think it, it probably feels like a chore for them to get through these games too. Um, and that's why we're seeing some of these games where it really looks like they're sleepwalking through it. Um, 
whether that's you know not caring or or a lack of focus at times because of fatigue or whatever it may be uh there's a lot of that that sort of issue but i guess it is uh impressive and uh like a a sign of good things for this team that they are able to keep coming back and still winning these games that they're making way tougher on themselves than they should be um it's not great competition like they should be blowing out the grizzlies uh the pistons and the thunder but it's still you know uh it, it's it's the NBA. Every, every you know, it's a it's a very cliche saying that every team can beat every team, but it happens all the time. The Pistons are literally like maybe the worst team in the league, and all of their wins have been against really good teams. <laughs> they've beaten the Celtics twice. They've beaten the Nets. They've beaten the Suns or whoever else. But um, so it, it really does happen a lot. It's just that with the Lakers, it's multiple games in a row. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, it's a positive that they are able to still you know put together just enough really really great basketball especially on the defensive end which i think has been really the the uh driving force of the wins over over these last seven games but um yeah i I think it's probably a positive sign that they can put together those minutes and still get wins even though they're going through some struggles and, and going through these sort of just the doldrums of the nba season where nobody really cares a whole lot about these games uh especially on a team that's you know considered probably the favorite to win the championship this year yeah it's nice to know that they still have that switch that they can go to uh as annoying as it might be like hey why don't we switch it right a tip and then you know just blow a team out for three quarters and then we can take it easy in the fourth quarter but the lakers are just making sure that they get guys certain rest by just taking first quarters off i guess and then or sometimes first and second quarter off and then they just crank it up when they need to. Um, it's kind of a staple of what we've seen with championship units for or championship teams, I guess, for the for the Lakers since 2000. Really, uh, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers kind of had that that staple of their team, and the Kobe Powell Lakers did that to an extent as well. Where just there were a lot of times where they looked very bored and disinterested in some regular season games and they just won when they really needed to. And that kind of is what it looks like with this team. They get kind of bored, disinterested, whatever you want to call it. Um, And then it's like, all right, fine. Now now we'll start playing because we have to. And Mm -hmm. it's, it, it can be annoying, but at the same time, I mean, when you look at just for example, the four teams that made, made it to the conference finals in the bubble, and you know had a very short offseason a much shorter offseason than normal the other three teams are not far above 500 Miami's under 500 the other two are just a couple games over 500 so I think that short turnaround has been tough for a lot of these teams obviously unless your name is LeBron James who just defies everything I think at this point and he's basically just a basketball cyborg but the the turnaround I think cannot be overstated I, I think that short turnaround and not allowing these guys to really get rest and then just jump right into regular season games and just be right back at it. Um, you know, I, yeah. and the fact that the Lakers are 21 and six, despite those circumstances, I think is just a huge positive and you take wins any way you can get them, especially in pro sports, man. Like it was like you, you were saying, honey, basically if you don't bring it on a certain night, you're probably going to get punched in the mouth in pro sports, no yeah. matter what the sport is. So um, yeah. the fact that they just, they, they still continue to dig deep and find ways to win games. I think everybody agreed that the first game against the Pistons was a bad loss. Uh, Lakers only scored 92 points in that game, lost by 15. Um, and that was their second loss in a row. Since then they haven't lost. They've, they've won seven straight after that game. And even though it hasn't been pretty, they're still racking up the W's and they're still, I mean, right on, right behind Utah uh, for that top spot in the Western Conference. And um, I just, I don't have really many complaints about this team, man. I mean, obviously we would like to see them just play at the, at their peak um, and to their potential from start to finish. But this team is going to crank it up when they need to. And I think right now they're just kind of pacing themselves, just pacing themselves the way they need to. And, you know, I, I think obviously Anthony Davis was out for a couple games. Um, Montrezl Harrell played uh, pretty; he had a pretty light uh, workload 
yesterday in the Memphis game. So I think they're just kind of picking and choosing spots um, where guys can get more minutes, some guys get less minutes, just trying to pace themselves, man, because that, I'm telling you, that short turnaround is uh, – it, it was. It's got to be brutal for these guys, and I think it's evidenced by the the three team, the other three conference finalists, um, and and their struggles because a lot of those guys. Obviously, Denver lost a key piece in in Jeremy Grant, um, and the teams haven't um, aren't returning the exact same rosters. But there's been a big drop off with all three of those teams running back similar cores that they had last year. Yeah, and I think that's an important point to to really note because the Lakers aren't really returning the exact same team they have a lot of changes that they made too so there's the added part of this you know the obviously the fatigue uh, aspect that you just mentioned the short turnaround um the fact that you know they are they know that they're a great team they don't have to try at all times but also that they're trying to fit like five six new people into this rotation and uh you know learning how to play with each other frank vogel trying to learn his rotations uh, Wesley Matthews was straight up out of the rotation until a few games ago where he was basically forced back in because of injuries and then all of a sudden had a couple of really great and important games, uh, games you know, performances that really won them two games, basically. Uh, you could really argue that they wouldn't have won those games without him. Um, so it, it's a lot of just kind of figuring out still how this team really works, how they mesh. We don't really know a whole lot about this team other than we think they're really, really good. Um, there's like red flags here and there, but, uh, a lot of it is still really changing. We thought it was a really great three point shooting team. And then all of a sudden for like 10 games straight, they shot like crap from the three point line. Um, so there, there's still a lot to learn about this team, both for fans and, and pundits, but also for the actual team itself. I think they're, they're still really trying to figure all of that out. Yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of ebbs and flows to this season with this team, and I think that I mean the key that we've we've said all along is they just got to stay healthy, stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they're the eight seed, like getting into the playoffs. If this team is fully healthy, I, I don't see another team beating them four times out of seven. There are other teams that can that are capable of doing it, but it's going to be a very tall task if this team is healthy coming into the going into the postseason. Uh, I, you know, Anthony Davis hasn't really looked himself for the majority of this season. I think he's he's shown it in flashes. I think in the game against Memphis last night, he was he was pretty damn good. Um, and he's had he's had moments, obviously, where he looks like the the top five player in the game that he is. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I think he's just a, a good example of that short turnaround and how these guys might be playing with some heavy legs some nights. And yeah. At this point, it just kind of is what it is, and you you combine that that fact with, like you said, that Frank Vogel is is basically experimenting a lot of these these times, and he's basically admitted as much that he has a lot of new pieces, and he's trying to figure out what lineups work, what lineups don't work, you know, certain maybe two or three man combinations that work. Um, that whole thing is going to be a process, especially with a number of new pieces in this rotation. Um, it's it's going to take some time to figure figure out uh, what works. I mean, obviously we know Alex Caruso works no matter who's out there uh, exactly. in, the, in the rotation. Taylor Horton Tucker too. Um, you know, just basically roll uh, LeBron, AD, THT, AC, and then whatever, whoever for the fifth guy. And it will you be good. You don't even need a fifth guy. Yeah, pretty just much. Roll out four guys. <laughs> you'll, you'll still uh, kick ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, but that's just what, it is at this point. Like we're basically a third of the way through this season and there's still so much time to play and you just want guys to stay healthy, keep maintaining their bodies and, you know, just keep, keep getting the, I mean, keep racking up the wins, however you get them. Um, I'm not too pressed about the Lakers record, even though it is very good right now at 21 and six. Um, Because I think they're just going to get better and better going into the postseason, And as long as, I mean, I'm going to say it probably a hundred times between between now and the end of the season, but as long as they stay healthy, I love this team's chances because I think we saw it in the Denver game a few games ago. First half really struggled, didn't look good, and I kind of chalked that up as a schedule loss because I thought, you know, that, that game I think was their first game back from that long road trip, and you had Denver kind of with the revenge factor for the conference finals, they had been playing some really good basketball up until that point. 
really dominated that first half. Lakers really struggled. And then in the second half, they just flipped a switch. And we saw probably the best half of basketball the team has played all season. Yeah. And they just kicked Denver's ass in that second half. And to me, like just seeing those spurts is, is enough for me. I know fans want to see this team be a little more consistent with that um, and kind of start out of the gate uh, with that. But as long as you know that that's there, it's in the team's arsenal and they can play to that level. Yeah. I'm good with, you know, just like I said, stay healthy, get to the uh, end of the regular season, healthy, get into the playoffs. And we know that that switch is there and that team can hit up, hit a gear that I think most, if not all the other teams can't hit. And frankly, I think uh, as frustrating as it is, I think these like early season struggles are probably going to be a good thing when it comes to the playoffs. And I think a lot of the players might even say the same thing. They're playing tough, close games. It might not be against the greatest competition, but you know, that's just the way it is sometimes. And they get to practice a lot of things. Uh, you know, as they and a lot of other teams have said, they don't really have a whole lot of actual practice time. So the games are, in a sense, their practices. Um, and so, if, you know, if they get these opportunities to uh, really kind of work on their games and work on their flow together and their rhythm together um, and play these kind of close games and realize, you know, what sort of things are working and what aren't working in settings that are a lot less uh, uh, high pressure than than a playoff game is, then I think that's a great thing. I think the point of this regular season for the Lakers is really to uh, figure out, you know, which players can contribute in which ways, uh, which ones work well together, which ones don't, um, and, and really kind of just take all of that knowledge and all of that data and inf information that the coaching staff is going to get and apply it in the playoffs. And, you know, if you can do that, to a good enough extent and LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy and playing as well as they usually do, then that's a pretty damn good formula to try and repeat. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and once they figure out those combinations and they start to utilize, I think the more, um, the more useful lineups, the more proficient lineups, I think, I mean, the team's just going to continue to push that ceiling a little bit higher and higher uh, because like we've said that they are just kind of experimenting and seeing what lineups work and what, what lineups don't work. And once they kind of figure out, I think a handful of lineups that they really like, um, they're, uh, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to hit some new, some new heights and that peak that we think this team can hit, uh, might be pushed a little bit higher. Um, and it's bad news for the rest of the league. I'm going to say that because I just, th this team is so good, man. When they, when they turn it on, like I said, they, they just have a gear that other teams don't. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can, you know, continue to, to do it for the rest of the season and into the playoffs and all that stuff. But as of right now, just from what we've seen through these first 27 games, I mean, this team is, is still just insanely good. It can be annoying, yes, the, the ups and downs that this team will put you on as a fan. But uh, just given all the circumstances and everything that we, we've already talked about on this pod, uh I'm thrilled with what we've seen with the team. You know, uh, yeah. if you'd have told me the Lakers are going to start 21 and six, I would have taken it. I don't. I don't care the the fashion that it's in. Given you know the quick off season, the team, you know, being probably pretty tired coming in, uh, or at least more tired than normal, um, and not overly fresh, I would have taken that 100 times out of 100. So. Um, yeah, and that Denver game, by the way, I, I wanted to look up that score of the second half because I remember tweeting, tweeting it out. But they outscored Denver in that second half, 68 to 35. Just yeah. insane numbers. So, and that, I mean, that's a team that was in the conference finals last year. So, um, this team is very, very, very good when they want to be. They do like to play with their food a little bit. And eventually it's going to come back to bite them, and this winning streak is going to come to an end. Um, I'd be happy to be wrong about that. Like the Lakers can just win every game the rest of the way and then go 16 and 0 in the playoffs and prove me wrong. That would be great. But, uh, you know, it's going to, it's going to come to an end at some point. They do have kind of a handful of interesting games to end the month. Uh, they're up on Sunday at Denver and then they go at Minnesota to get the nets at home. That'll be a game. Obviously everybody uh, keeps an eye out for, and then they get Miami and in a finals rematch at home. The Wizards at home, at Utah, Portland at home, and then Golden State at home. So 
rest of this month is kind of interesting to watch. There's a couple games in there that they should win pretty easily, but um, those are some good teams um, that they're going to be going yeah. up against. So um, we'll we'll see how many how many wins they can rack up. I mean, they're six and zero in the month of February, so um, I would anticipate they're going to probably finish February with a pretty damn good record. So, um, but these next uh, the next two weeks will be really interesting to see. Um, where this team is at and kind of the, the effort level and all this stuff. I kind of thought after the way they started the Memphis game last night that that was – I was like, okay, they're kind of due for for this to happen because they've been, like I said, playing yeah. with their food a little bit. And Memphis came out and punched them in the mouth and went up 22-2. to two. Right away, it didn't matter. Honey, I remember you had a tweet saying the Lakers would be leading by halftime. They were up. They weren't up by halftime, but they were up ten after the third quarter, yeah. <laughs> or, or was it five third quarter? I, I can't remember. But they went up ten early in the fourth. Um, yeah. But yeah, they were leading after the third quarter after spotting Memphis twenty points. So uh, let's talk about the Memphis game since we're we're on the subject. What we saw yesterday, we saw Anthony Davis return to the lineup and and play pretty well. We saw Kyle Kuzma play pretty well. LeBron James doing LeBron James things and. After that slow start, man, they outscored Memphis 113 to 83. And they just, I mean, obviously you don't want to just kind of discard the the 20 point deficit right out of the gate. But <laughs> after that, I mean, they played some pretty damn good basketball. Listen, anytime you can go on a 113 to 83 run uh, to close the game, <laughs> <laughs> they do call it a game of runs, right? Um, as long as you don't start out down 31 to nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I also had the thought, uh, basically right around the time when they went down twenty. I don't really gamble uh, or gamble at all. I don't know why I said really gamble, but I don't gamble. But if I did, I was I was very interested in putting a bet like on the on the live line when they were down twenty because <laughs> I was like, this feels like another dumb game that they're going to come back and win. Even though the logical uh, thought, like you said, is that they were due for finally kind of getting smoked by a team uh, because they weren't trying very hard. But yeah, um, I think over this last stretch of games, there's been a handful of guys that have really brought the energy when the starters especially haven't really been able to do that. And to me, that's kind of been the key uh, in getting these wins. And I think a, uh, a real big positive sign for this team is that they have the, the sort of depth that can, um, you know, the, the bench guys aren't always going to, be scoring 20 points a game, but they have guys that can really contribute in a multitude of ways and keep keep the team afloat when the starters are not playing as well. Um, you know, last night, especially against the Grizzlies, I thought uh, Kyle Kuzma had his best game of the season, his best game maybe of his career, I don't know. But uh, a 20 and 10 game, and he's, you know, kind of continued to show us, especially over this last stretch of, the, the transformations that he's made to his game uh, in terms of becoming a, a three and D player who has now also rebounded the ball like crazy and getting people to call him Kyle Rodman or whatever they're calling him on Twitter. Um, it's insane. And, uh, you know, I tweeted this last night as well that, you know, I, I don't at all care about the most improved player award. <laughs> it's like the least <laughs> bit of my worries, especially 25 games into the season or whatever it is but i really do hope that he gets some you know a couple of uh pity votes even by the end of the year because i think he really deserves that for the, the amount of work that he's put into his game um but even besides kuz I, I think Trez had a great game despite playing fewer minutes uh wesley matthews over this little while i think he's brought a lot of good defensive energy especially hit some big shots as well but uh defensively i think he's really brought his game alex crusoe you always know what you're going to get with him um, but those guys, I think, really kind of helped dig the Lakers out of that big hole, at which point, you know, it was the LeBron despising Dylan Brooks uh, and having a vendetta against them show and, and Anthony Davis having what I thought was the quietest 35-point game of all time. I, I was genuinely shocked when I looked at the box score after the game. I'm like, he had 35 points? When did that happen? <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought the same thing too. He got kind of a it seemed like he got a lot more easy buckets uh, in the in the game. Um, and, and Kuzma had a really good pass to him too that was right on the money. Kind of recognized the mismatch and, and put the pass really where only AD could get it. Um, like little things like that. I think uh, in Kuz's game has been 
really delightful to see. Um, I mentioned yesterday during the game that I really like this version of Kyle Kuzma. I think we've obviously seen scoring outbursts from him in the past. Uh, I think he had a game at Houston where he had like 37. Um, he had a game against the Celtics. Maybe, I think it was his rookie year, maybe second year, um, where he just went bonkers in the fourth quarter and helped the Lakers win that game. Um, but this version, man, is is such an impactful player and is one that is making winning plays. Like he's, It seems like he's really learning to kind of simplify the game and not do too much and not try to do yeah. too much. And he's just kind of letting the game come to him. And they're, I mean, they're, he's being aggressive in other areas, right? Like he's not just being aggressive as a shooter, as a scorer. But we see, I don't know if it's like the Montrez Harrell effect, but he is crashing the offensive glass like crazy. And we saw that really personified yesterday. And it was great to see Trez only play 16 minutes. I mean, he still had 14 points and seven boards. Um, but it was nice to see because I, I know that guy has just an insane motor. And he yeah. just, just, I mean, he just keeps going and going and going and going. Um, but it was nice to see him kind of have an easier night um, because I think it's going to just be important to have those um, for, for for a guy like that, that that plays so hard all the time. Um, and then Kuz, and, Kuzma stepped up and, and filled some of that void. Yeah, and we should say, Trez probably would have played a lot more minutes if he didn't get elbowed in the face by Kuz. Um but yeah, it is nice to have sort of those type of options. Um, Kuz in particular, too, I, I said this last night, it kind of seems like he is having fun playing basketball for the first time since maybe his rookie year. Uh, it's been, I don't think people realize how difficult of a situation it is when you come into the league basically averaging 20 points a night as a rookie, and then the very next year you're told to completely turn change your game where you're not really holding on to the ball much you're expected to uh run offense or not be involved in offense at all or not have anything called for you um and then you know fast forward to his third year uh and really not even until they got into the bubble of now transforming into this three and d player for us and you know he's had a lot of different evolutions he's had a couple of different coaches a lot of roster overhauls during that time and you know, it's really impressive for a player who isn't super young either. You know, he didn't come into the league as an 18-year-old where you can just mold him into whatever type of player that you want. But, um, you know, it's it's really impressive to me that he's been able to to make these changes and be such an impactful uh, player. He's, you know, everybody's going to – a lot of people that don't watch the Lakers every night are going to look at the numbers and say, well, he's never been as good as he was his rookie year because – statistically he hasn't you know he hasn't been putting up those type of numbers that he was uh that made people think he was going to be a future star but in terms of playing winning impactful basketball he is miles better than he was as a rookie and i don't think a lot of people realize that um you know a, a lot most of the credit should go to him in, in terms of you know the work ethic to to get to that point and not having too much of an ego to say well i was a whatever 18 points for my rookie year i i can still do that um but also a lot of credit should go to the, the, the coaching staff in terms of Vogel putting him in those situations and Phil Handy uh, developing him. Um, they've done a really, really remarkable job with him. And honestly, like, uh, I, I don't know who it was I was tweeting this the other day. Uh, it's kind of crazy how this narrative is shifting a little bit of, you know, everybody was like, man, I can't believe the Lakers kept Kuzma over Brandon Ingram, which was always dumb because, of course, the Pelicans wanted Ingram over Kuzma. But now, yesterday, I saw some people say, man, I can't believe the Pelicans didn't just force the Lakers to also give them Kuzma. Like, they weren't going to say no to that, um, which is insane. And in a sense, it's kind of right. Like, how did they not demand to also get Kuzma once they got everything else? But I'm really glad that the Lakers didn't give him up because he, he is a definite asset to this team um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I'd be curious to know, because with Kuzma's development over the his, his first few years of his career – there were a lot of different factors, I think. Like you said, Honey, he's basically had a different role every single year, and I think that that's difficult for a young player, especially one, like you said, that comes in and is basically a 20-point scorer um, on average. And then it's like, hey, we know you can do that, but now we don't really want you to do that. We want you to do this instead. Um, and he's had to basically transform himself into – just a more impactful role player more than anything. Whereas, you know, he came in as a rookie and was like, 
hey, this this is one of our go-to guys um, when we need a bucket yeah. anytime and we need him to generate offense for us. And now he's got to just pick and choose his spots um, a little more a little more carefully and just play better defense. I mean, in college too, he was basically like a quasi stretch four, right? Like he was a power forward coming out of Utah. And now he's basically strictly a wing at this point. Like he's, to me, in my mind, yeah. he, he's a three. Like he can play four, yeah. but he's a three. And I think that's a pretty big transition going from, you know, college. I think a lot of college teams play with more traditional positions. Uh, some are starting to kind of move away from it, but you see a lot of like, you know, ones, twos, threes, fours, and fives. It's not like this positionless basketball all the time, like you you more so see in the NBA. So basically, you know, transitioning from not only, you know, that from a four to a three in the NBA, but also having a new role every year, different, you know, um, roster overhauls, coaching staff changes, all that stuff. Um, and not to mention, I mean, he was also fighting for his second contract, right? Um, yeah. As a guy that was a later pick in the draft, um, you know, doesn't have that – you know, big uh, guaranteed money um, that a top pick would get. Um, and maybe, I mean, maybe that's brought some, a little bit of ease to him uh, mentally that, hey, he got the contract extension. He's no longer fighting for that next contract. And maybe he can just kind of go out there and play basketball. And I think he's just kind of, it's taken a little bit of time, but I think he's kind of finding his way. And like you said, I think the, the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit. And Phil Handy, we shows why I think everybody was so excited that the Nets weren't able to poach him this offseason is because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think you're seeing it with a lot of these guys, even with, with a guy like Alex Caruso, with Taylor Horton Tucker, with Kyle Kuzma, these younger players that continue to just get better and better and better. I think guys like Phil Handy um, and that coaching staff have, have a lot to do with that. So Kuzma, I trust me, I have been, there's been a lot of times where I've been very, very frustrated with Kyle Kuzma as a player. Um, and I think it, it stemmed more so just from we, – we understood his potential, right, with his, his size, yeah. his athletic ability, his scoring ability, all that stuff. We understood his potential, and it, it got a little frustrating when he kind of wasn't reaching that. But now, I mean, this version of, of Kuz, he's still going to have his off nights like most – I mean, any player – not any player, but most players do, um, especially role yeah. players. But he's shown that when he plays well, and this version of Kyle Kuzma is – very very good and very very impactful i think that's the difference between him and like his rookie year obviously he made an impact with his scoring but he impacts the game in a multitude of ways right now i think he offers you that guy that can space the floor on the wing as a, as a potential shooter he's also a three level scorer that can generate offense maybe if you're late in the clock or with a second unit and he's he's crashing the offensive glass he's playing good defense doing all these different things and it's it's just been so so nice to watch watch him just continue to not only just change his game but to continue to grow and just kind of expand it a little bit and just kind of learn to pick and choose his spots on when he needs to do certain things. Yeah, and I think this year, even even more so than last year, is the first time uh, in his career where I feel like if he's not scoring the ball well at all. Uh, I still believe he is being a, a pretty significantly positive influence on the game. You know, I, I think between the rebounding, the defense, the hustle plays, uh, even a little bit of the passing here and there, uh, the cutting to open up space for others, if he's not the one getting the ball and finishing, um, all of that I think is adding up to to a really, really nice, complete player, um, even when, you know, the the three ball might not be hitting, even though, again, that, that is an important part of his development is that he is hitting uh, the three point shot more consistently than he has um, at a, at a higher, higher percentage than he has. Um, but I don't think he needs to do that to be a good player uh, on a night to night basis anymore. I think it was, I mean, that was evidenced by last night, right? I mean, he's 20 yeah. points, eight of 14 shooting. He was only two of eight from the three point line. He was a plus 21 for the game, 20 points, 10 boards in 32 minutes. Uh, also, speaking of plus minus, Alex Crusoe was plus 24 in 20 minutes. Uh, single game plus minus is not a great indicator on a lot of things, but it is great when it helps your argument. And in this case, it helps my argument for Kyle Kuzma and Alex Crusoe. Um, <laughs> and basically, that most of that second unit, uh, those, those main four guys that came in uh, were all great. Um, but, but yeah, uh, Kuzma, man... It, you just got to tip your cap to him because as frustrating as he's been at times, 
he's this year he's been really really good um not not perfect you know every player's gonna have their ups and downs but he's when his ups right now are his peaks are just are very high the peaks and valleys are are worth it with him now and um hopefully he can just continue this and continue to become more consistent with it and and uh, just continue to, like I said, expand his game and just keep playing good basketball, man. If we get the version that we saw, especially last night uh, against Memphis yeah. in the playoffs, good luck beating this team, man, because you get you get that combined with Montrez Harrell and Alex Caruso and Wesley Matthews, all these guys off the bench. Good luck beating this team, man, because, I mean, for most of the win streak, Montrez Harrell's kind of been that guy off the bench playing really mm-hmm. good basketball, very efficient um, playing some pretty good defense, uh, just doing a lot of a lot of things, a lot of good things for the team. Kyle Kuzma kind of stepped up when, when Montrez only played 16 minutes yesterday. Uh, Kuzma kind of stepped yeah. up and filled that void, like I said, and was crashing the offensive glass like crazy and getting some putbacks, creating some extra possessions, and just doing all the dirty work. You got to have guys that do that, and the Lakers have multiple guys that will, you know, crash the offensive glass. They'll dive on the floor. They'll the box out. Do all that stuff that a lot of players don't necessarily like to do. Um, and I think that's that's an important characteristic of this team, especially given, you know, when some other guys have struggled. I mean, KCP's been, you know, in a little bit of a slump. Dennis Schroeder has played better lately, but didn't play overly well offensively yesterday, um, even though I think he consistently plays pretty well defensively. Um, just different guys are stepping up, man. Wesley Matthews, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, was out of the lineup for quite some time and then just came right back in like and didn't miss a beat. So, uh yeah. Just credit this team, man. These guys just continue to stay ready, and they just continue to um, play pretty damn good basketball. Not for not for forty eight minutes, but for enough minutes to where they're continuing to to rack up these W's. Yeah, um, I know one of the podcasts that we did. I, I talked about how fun it was that that they can just kind of play around with their food and then and then flip the switch. These overtime game, games were not fun for me. I want to. I want to recant that statement. I don't believe that anymore. Man, they were rough. I. I'm a big basketball fan. I love overtime games, the higher pressure. But when it's Lakers Pistons going into double overtime in the middle of February, good lord, I hated every second of that. Especially when the Lakers were up like 17 at one point oh, in that game or something. Goodness. Like they. Were- it looked like they had the game in the bag and then I blinked and was like, Oh shit, it's overtime. So yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. But Hey, as long as uh, the team continues to win, I'm not going to complain too much about it. Uh, there, there have been a lot of heart stopping games. Obviously the, the Sixers game didn't go their way. The the Celtics game did. Um, but those are a couple more games that didn't, uh, you know, yeah. that just, they, they stop your heart. Cause they're just, they're uh, very nerve wracking and, um, this team uh, is definitely making sure that uh, the fan base is getting their money's worth, uh, for sure. You know, they're they're giving us a lot of free basketball, even though we're not asking for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, they're getting wins, and like I said, I'm not going to complain too much. We just have a simple request to win games in regulation. Like yesterday was great. Like maybe don't start out yeah. but down by 20 points. But everything after that was just perfect. Like, let's do that it's, a little more often. It's baby steps. Let's move from overtime to now just being down 20, 30 points before you win in regulation. And then we'll move to just dominate the whole game just, eventually. Just beating ass like every game. Yeah. So Yeah. Just finish it by halftime. Make them add a mercy rule into basketball. That's all I want. There I want to watch 24 minutes of basketball a night. And you get the load management and guys can rest up and LeBron can get home to his wine and everything. <laughs> By the way, what do you think is the wine that LeBron drinks? Like what is in that wine that is allowing him at this age in year 18 to just continue to be the best player in the league? And quite honestly, in my opinion, by a pretty considerable gap, the most valuable player in the league. I don't know, man. It's got to be like, vibranium <laughs> he's in the it's it's honestly really nuts he's 36 years old 18th year in the league he hasn't missed a game yet he was rolled his ankle like 15 times and it's been like nothing to him and you know even i think defensively lebron's been kind of crap this year which hasn't mattered because the lakers have the best defense in the league still 
but that dude still does so much offensively. As great as this team is, they rely on him still quite a bit because it's LeBron effing James and he can do goddamn anything. That play yesterday where he just like danced around and hit the weirdest step back three I've ever seen. Like it was like it looked like the Dirk fadeaway, but it was on a step back three. Mm-hmm. Um and he just cashed it and then he was trying to egg on a crowd that doesn't exist. It was incredible. <laughs> he he's so bored with basketball right now that he's just like trying around to trying to do just dumb shit and, and loving every second of it. It's it's amazing. He had 28, 9, and 8 yesterday. 28 points on 15 <laughs> shots. <laughs> like, the dude is just unreal. And, like, it's funny, too, because we saw a lot of people complaining about, like, his flop yesterday, um, even though it came right after John Morant. Uh, had a pretty bad flop that got him a call. But whatever. We're picking and choosing, I guess. But it is funny, though, because we're, you know, a week removed from the Super Bowl where Tom Brady, who's like 68 years old at this point, won another Super Bowl and everybody's talking about, oh, just appreciate greatness while it's here. Like, can we keep that ener- that same energy with LeBron James? Like, if you're picking and choosing like a flop when there are at least a handful of players in the league that literally play their games to get fouled, like James Harden, Trey Young, so on and so forth, like – you know, players flop. And if referees are dumb enough to fall for it, like it happens throughout the league. Like, can we yeah. not make a huge deal when LeBron does it? I get it, it's LeBron, whatever. But like, we just had this talk about like pro sports a week ago and appreciating great players while you got them, especially the ones that are doing it at an old age. Hello, yeah. like what LeBron is doing at this age and this stage of his career in his 18th season. Um, because like he's not a young 36 by any means right like he came into the league at what 18 years old and was playing like heavy minutes right from the get-go and then you add in all the playoff games the deep playoff runs that he's had on top of that it's it's remarkable we may never see something like this again with somebody's prime essentially being (laughs) as long as (laughs) as long as his prime has been it's it's unreal just appreciate yeah. greatness while, while it's here, please. Yeah, and I, I have genuinely been so frustrated by this for, like, weeks now. Not necessarily the flop thing, although I got annoyed at that, too, but mostly in a uh, I find it very funny sort of way. But <laughs> it feels like um, NBA discourse, at least on Twitter, I don't know how it is in real life because I don't see people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But at least on Twitter, it's like every single game is now a referendum on uh, the MVP award that will be voted on, like, I don't know, three, four months from now. Um, and a legacy. Like, this is this is the game that, that makes so-and-so better than so-and-so. It's like, uh, I don't know. I, I really do not give a shit uh, about the MVP race less than 30 games into a season. I don't really give a damn if you think Joel Embiid deserves it or LeBron deserves it or Jokic deserves it. There's like 15 people that people are saying should be the MVP right now. Alex Caruso. I just, Alex Caruso is, is above the MVP award. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, the appreciating greatness thing. This, these are the same people that when LeBron eventually does retire in 30 years from now, are going to be like, oh, man, we should have appreciated him while he was here instead of, you know, debating whether he's better than Jordan or debating whether he should have earned that MVP or that MVP. It's like, watch the games. Enjoy what the hell he's doing. Like, this is incredible stuff. It doesn't happen very often. He is a, a superhuman doing superhuman things on a nightly basis um, at his age at, with literally nothing left to prove. Uh <laughs> with a very secure legacy and you're still doing a night a night in and night out. And it's incredible. And I just wish more people would be able to just sit and enjoy that instead of whining about narratives and politics and whatever the hell. And that, that applies to Lakers fans too. I'm not even uh, saying it as just like Lakers haters, but Lakers fans are, are also very much uh, in, in, I don't know. I, I can't think of the right word, but they do this quite often as well. I mean, we're we're fans of an underdog team that is just <laughs> defying the odds. I mean, 
I'm going to throw Laker fans a bone here, but um, I mean, you said that we're spoiled earlier. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, we're constantly, you know, overcoming the odds and having to face adversity and um, just try and shock the world. It's it's amazing that this team continues. Like this is the longest Cinderella run I, I've ever I've ever seen. Honestly, the fact that LeBron and Kuzma got warnings for flops uh, from last night and Jaw didn't, just another example of the NBA conspiracy against this mom-and-pop shop-owned franchise that is defying all odds to, to attempt to win yet another championship that nobody expects them to win. Why do you think the league is having an all-star game? Because they know the Lakers are going to have multiple guys, and so they're trying to make them play additional minutes that they shouldn't have to play. <laughs> And so it's the league trying to derail the Lakers championship train. And I'm getting honestly kind of sick of it. Like Adam Silver, I know, I know what you're up to, man. Cut it out. Let's, uh, let's send LeBron and AD to Atlanta so they can get COVID and <laughs> throw off their season. I'm telling you, the, the league has it out for the Lakers. The underdog Lakers, the We Believe 2.0 Lakers. They're uh, trying to, to shock the world yet again. So uh, I admire them for that. But Last thing I, I want to bring up, I guess, um, just my personal thoughts on the whole LeBron and appreciating pre- appreciating him while he's playing because we don't know how long he's going to play. I mean, he's probably at least got a few more years left in, in the tank. But um, I kind of learned the lesson, I think, with, with Kobe, seeing how his career kind of ended and his body just eventually started to break down and suffered a lot of, a lot of injuries those last few years. I mean, there's the, you know, the shot, I think, against – him in his last season against Miami where he played a little bit and then he's wrapped up like a mummy, um, just iced up from head to toe basically. And, um, you know, I think seeing his career go the way or the the ending of his career go the way that it did, of course, Kobe capped it off uh, the way only Kobe could, but um, it, it can, a, a player's peak and like the, the height of their powers can just be gone in an instant. So, um, just appreciate good players while they're here. Like I, as, as, as someone that used to really not like LeBron at all, like LeBron's Miami years, I hated that team. I didn't like LeBron at all. Cause especially cause there was like this Kobe LeBron media rivalry that they had going and it was easy to kind of feed into that and buy into that. Um, so I didn't like, I've been on this weird roller coaster ride with LeBron. I loved him um, in basically all of his Cleveland years, but hated him when he was in Miami. Um, but I also, I just didn't like that team in general. Um, although looking back on it, uh, I do appreciate how great that team was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, just man, appreciate great players while, while they're here, because like I said, this may be something we never see again, having somebody be this damn good, this far in his career. And I was thinking last night too, I was like, say, you know, LeBron retires after this year is there a team or is there I'm thinking of like players that can really carry the torch like LeBron has, right? Like we went from like Michael Jordan, you know, kind of passing on the torch to guys like Shaq, Duncan, Kobe, uh, Garnett, like all those, you know, that era of of superstar players. And then LeBron comes along and and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry I don't know if anybody else in the league has just the the stature and the the sheer like watching power and and just attractiveness to a TV screen like LeBron James does. And like I'm I'm curious to see what direction the league kind of goes when LeBron retires because as as many great players as there are in this league, there I mean Durant's amazing, Anthony Davis, Harden, Giannis, all these guys, right? They, they have a lot of really good players. They're not yeah. LeBron James. Like, that's why it's like, man, I'm really just appreciating this guy while he's still going because, I don't know, there, there just hasn't – I mean, the only thing – I think there's only been a couple guys, really, that you can kind of compare to him I mean, in terms of his his power, his, um, his, his skill set, his just impact on the game, just all that stuff. I'm not sure that there's really anybody else in the league that, that matches that even though there are some very, very good players still going. Yeah, LeBron is this mix of, like, uh, one, just incredible athlete, uh, incredible person in general, uh, very marketable, very smart, um, and and very, uh, you know, a a long, very, very long career, uh, basically being among the best players in the league his entire career. 
uh, yeah, that, that's a, that's a tough mix to, to come up with. And I think it's honestly, uh, I think what you're saying, part of that is caused by the way that we talk about basketball. Now, honestly, I, I think it's so, um, it's so reactionary um, and, and we're so focused on like the drama and the off the court stuff, which don't get me wrong. I love that stuff too. It's part of what makes the NBA great. But when it comes to the actual product on the floor, a lot of these guys don't get marketed well enough. Like, you know, how many people in, in your day-to-day life that don't watch the NBA every night like we do really know about how great Giannis has been, even though he's a two-time MVP uh, or know about, I don't know, young stars coming up like like a John Morant like not a lot of people know about these guys um and I don't know I I think I think the NBA needs to figure that out I think we as fans probably uh should should do a better job of of kind of just enjoying and appreciating all this instead of just trying to pit guys against each other as much as I love that stuff too like it's fun but uh I think it is a lot more fun when we're just talking ball a little bit and appreciating how incredible these dudes are uh, at what they do. Right. And you talk about the marketability. I mean, we, we see it with, with Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think probably more so than anything. I think like Zion Williamson gets marketed more than yeah. a two-time MVP does. And I think an example of that, that kind of irked me a little bit was the first playoff game in, in the bubble, right. was on a weekday afternoon starring Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, that wasn't happening. That's that would never happen to LeBron James, especially with the Lakers. But even when he was in yeah. Cleveland, you know, he was never going to play in that type of circumstance where he's playing a weekday afternoon when everybody's at work or at school or whatever. Like, yeah, some some guys don't get marketed the same way, and it's it is frustrating because Giannis is genuinely not only a great player but a really fun player and a very unique player, yeah. Um, yeah. and. Yeah, just like it just goes back to that that power, that market marketability that LeBron has. That um, you know, that, like I said, there are some very very good players, some great players in this league um, that will you know carry the torch after LeBron. I just don't know that they'll carry it uh, as high, I guess, um, as yeah. as LeBron's been able to do because LeBron, you know, in, in my opinion, is is the best player we've seen since Michael Jordan. And I mean, you could argue he's just a more impactful player, a better player than Jordan. And I'm not going to get into that because Jordan, you know, was winning championships when I was just a toddler. So I don't really like to speak on that, but you know, LeBron is is certainly in that conversation and it doesn't, doesn't come around often, man. So just appreciate it while appreciate it while it's here. That's just the point I could, I guess, just try try to continue to hammer home because I mean, we're, we're seeing something that, we may either never see again, or it could be a long time before we see something like it. And hey, I mean, when LeBron is done, maybe it'll be a good thing for the NBA in terms of parity. Because if he gets in the playoffs, man, it seems like he's at least getting to the finals. <laughs> so maybe it'll yeah, it'll truly be up for grabs uh, after he's gone. But uh, hopefully, it's not anytime soon. I hope he just continues to do this thing that he's doing uh, for at least a few more years in purple and gold because it's just a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. Uh, tune in next week when we turn into NBA TV ratings outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to cover it all, man. <laughs> Mountain West outsiders, Lakers outsiders, LeBron outsiders. Uh, we, we got it covered. So, um, yeah, man, like I said, unlike, you know, what you see, we could probably do a whole stream on NBA coverage and NBA ratings and and all that stuff in general because I, I get annoyed with former players basically. Although Kevin Garnett uh, did kind of break the mold a little bit recently, and talked about how good the the game is right now and the state of the game, yeah. and that was refreshing because a lot of old players like to continually continually tell fans how terrible the game is right now and then wonder why ratings aren't as high as they probably should be. So, um, yeah, just just appreciate. The, the great players while they're while they're playing um and that that isn't just you know solely lebron uh like i said there are a lot of great players in this league and so just trying to appreciate them because they're uh, very special talents and some of these guys don't come around very often so what we're saying is you're gonna regret it if you don't watch every single minute of alex caruso's nba career yeah and get ready for taylor horton tucker because he's taking the torch straight from lebron like the, the torch is gonna stay in purple <laughs> and gold so 
And then, and then <laughs> casual NBA fans are going to be really pissed off when they're like, now the Lakers have this guy? Like, what the... <laughs> don't, don't say we didn't warn you, so... It's just the way it goes. <laughs> All right. I don't have anything else. You have anything else before we sign off? Nah, I think I, think I ranted it up today. <laughs> It felt good, man. It felt good. We were going to hang out and watch and, and I guess watch and react to the uh, Nets-Warriors game, but that game turned out to be uh, kind of a dud. Uh, Nets were just destroying them. It's weird. The Warriors role players don't hit every single shot against the Nets like they do against the Lakers. I, I don't know what happened there. but um, Wait, hit- Was Kelly Oubre blowing any kisses today? I didn't, I didn't see any. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You would have just gotten lost in his eyes, so you wouldn't have been able to know anyways. But... Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that rematch uh, coming up here soon. Hopefully the Lakers beat them by 69 points, and then uh, I think everybody will be nice. happy. <laughs> All right, we're going to get out of here. As always, guys, we do these live on twitch.tv slash LakersOutsiders. You can follow and subscribe to us there. Uh, if you subscribe, it's, I think, 6 bucks a month, um, and it goes directly into supporting the site and the, and the staff um, that puts in a lot of hard work and effort to bring you guys Lakers content and bring you the best Lakers content that we can. Um, So if you want to support us, that's how you can do it. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube, and you can like and follow us on Facebook.com slash Lakers Outsiders. You can follow Hani on Twitter at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. You can follow me on Twitter at Gary Kesser, or you can follow my personal Twitch. It's up here on the screen. Uh, Other hand, right below, (laughs) right there under latest subscriber, it's just SwitchGK on Twitch. So if you're into gaming and all that kind of stuff, you can uh, continue the conversation over there. But yeah, that's all we got for this one. Um, We will try and be back on as soon as possible. Lakers are, like we said, back at it on Sunday against the Nuggets. It'll be, I'll be interested to see how that game goes. The Lakers obviously uh, beat them pretty handily in the first game, even with getting dominated in the first half of that game. Uh, But this will be in Denver, which obviously presents a different type of challenge with the altitude and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's the second time they're, they're facing each other. So we'll see what kind of effort the Lakers bring uh, in that game. But hopefully they can extend the, the winning streak from seven to eight and go to 22 and six on the year. But we'll have to wait until uh, tomorrow night uh, to, to find that out. So thank you guys so much for, for listening. Uh, I did see Dylan Heiser was in the chat. Um, Want to say hi to Dylan, hi to Bevers, hi to Zane. Uh, says KCP bounce back game tomorrow. You heard it first. Zane's... Uh, oh. <laughs> Zane, Zane's think, calling a shot. Didn't Zane do that in, in one of our streams for the finals and then KCP went off? Whichever I, finals game it was. I think so. so. I, think that, I think that's a thing that happened. So we know this is happening. Over so. under points, wherever KCP's at, take the yeah. over. Um, <laughs> I also wanted to highlight, since Dylan was in the chat, was the first one in the chat, um, the tweet of the night. I think it was Donnie that was on the tweets yesterday. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, yeah. imagine being named Dylan. And it was aimed <laughs> aimed at Dylan Brooks, but man, I immediately thought of Dylan Heiser, and that was just a great, great tweet. Uh, I feel like I feel like uh, you guys should subscribe to us on Twitch just for that, uh, just for that tweet, and all the proceeds will go to Donnie um, <laughs> just for that tweet. So uh, shout out to Dylan Heiser, but especially shout out to Donnie for just mm, roasting him. Beautiful tweet. Love him. Love him, Alright guys, thanks so much for watching and, and listening and following along. I uh, appreciate it. But with Hane Amadian, I'm Gary Kester with the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout out to Marshawn. Don't call me Dylan Brooks. <laughs>